The Langer Chronicles. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listeners. Welcome to Floaters, coming to you live from Studio Wardrobe. And unlike the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there is no Narnia, there are no fur coats, and there ain't no creepy fawn. There is, however, a very rumbly tummy in here that belongs to a moi. So if you do hear that in the background, I do apologise. It's around lunchtime as I record this now. And um, yeah, I need to see to that. Anyway, uh, we did have snow here recently in the UK, speaking of Narnia. And uh, Brits go nuts for the snow. And that's the truth. When I was uh, working in Poland, um, where during the winter it could easily snow about two foot every day if not more um it made national news there that in the uk um when there was snow in the uk it was brought to a standstill because the amount of snow that was falling there needless to say it was uh much less than two foot a day (laughs) and i was a little embarrassed when my boss at the time brought it up with me and i had to sort of apologize on behalf of the brits in excitement but um anyway that's Britain. I mean, what is Britain if not a country that enjoys sweating the small stuff and will literally do anything for a weather-inspired day off? Now, this episode is the third instalment of the Lange Chronicles featuring Michal Lange. Uh, Michal is, yes, the third youngest or third oldest, again, depending which way you prefer to look at it. Uh, he is the only brother out of the siblings and um, it was lovely to catch up with him. Michal is a very thoughtful guy and, do you know, he also reminded me of a very embarrassing thing, where how Marisha and I, uh, please see episode 11 for Marisha, uh, Marisha and I used to terrorise him and my younger sister Izzy and be, by forcing them into a sort of a, a marriage as well. You know how kids do, little giggling girls, how wicked you can be and... I mean, there's more clarity in that in the episode, so do stay tuned. And as usual, lots of waffles from me and uh, lots of thoughtful things from Michal. So here we go. So um, I always begin with asking people, where did they grow up? Oh, wow. That's a a pretty... um... Well... I was born in Poland, but literally just born because as soon as I was born, my parents decided to leave Poland and we moved first to England, to Harpenden, and we lived there for a couple of years. Then after that, we moved to Estonia, another year, another couple of years, then from Estonia to Slovenia, another couple of years, uh, I think you can see a pattern, <laughs> to London. And then like uh, um, when I was in my, I don't know, I think 12 or 13 years old, we moved back to Poland. And that's where I went, uh, stayed through middle school days and high school days. And then I traveled to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in, in Winchester for a year, etc. But yeah, m- most of my, let's say, adolescent life was spent kind of moving around every two or three years. So uh, <laughs> it's a, for me, it's a bit of a funny question because like, there's not like one specific place I grew up in. I grew up in my like, mom, like my parents' household, but that would like change every couple of years or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. There's always like, um, we had another guest on the podcast who was saying like, it's the paintings on the walls. It's the, it's the books and the shelves that like kind of, that makes it the home for you. It's not necessarily the yeah. building itself or the bricks. Um, but I'd be interested to hear from you. Um, did you have a favorite um, place you lived in or favorite country? 
That's a good question, actually. Uh, I've, I think my most positive memories, I think, I don't know if this is necessarily correlated with where I've been, but I generally think like the younger I've been, the more positive the memory has been. I, th- I think as I got older, the, the changes would kind of like slowly get to me. And I think I would ad- adjust less, not, not as well with every sub- subsequent time. So I think no, I not necessarily had like a favorite place because like, oh, I just really like this place. It's just like, I, I'm just very biased to my younger years rather than my latter years. Mm. So I, I guess I would, I would say maybe Estonia. Estonia. Mm-hmm. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's fair enough. Estonia was pretty cool. It was a good place to be when you were a kid, I think. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I've, I, I, I remember there's like, like a few specific things I remember from Estonia. I probably cannot say wh- where they were. I mean, I lived in Tallinn. But if I came back now, I, I probably wouldn't recognize where I grew up because from what I heard since like I left there, Tallinn has like completely transformed in the last like decade or so. So like the, the place that like, uh, funny enough, has like the most positive connotation in my brain probably no longer exists in the form that I used to when I was young. So, yeah, but. that's so interesting. Yeah, because I mean, the last time I went back to Estonia, we went to the, the street where we used to live down and um, there was no one living in the house that we'd, we'd lived in for five years of our lives. And, um, and right. like, it was really such a shame because a lot, a lot of the varnish was coming off, a lot of the wooden slats and it, it, no one had mm. cared for it. And it was, it was a real shame to sort of see that because, yeah, like you say, you have such positive memories with, with this particular like physical place. But um, but the other yeah. things still existed, like the wonderful forests and the woods and all that kind of stuff, which is really great. But um, and did you continue going to uh, like an international school when you got to Slovenia? Uh, I think so. I would continue going to international schools until I came back to Poland. And I think at that point, my parents was like, OK, you have Polish citizenship on your passport. So you should be going to a Polish school and uh, um for me, it was like a quite a dramatic change from like, from like, it was like a multifaceted thing for me because not only was like, I was going from like an English system or like an international system or generally speaking to a Polish system. It was also like a massive cultural change and also I had to change, I had to speak Polish every day now instead of just at home. And uh, I think that was like the biggest shock for me in terms of change because at least like the international school part was a kind of a common a denominator and whenever I would switch countries but now like that completely changed so mm. quite a shock yeah I can imagine I mean especially when you're used to a certain sort of format of learning or like the people around you as well and I mean um was it um did you find it difficult then speaking Polish every day and like learning in Polish yeah uh it, it was <laughs> I hated Polish for so long I thought it was the worst language when I came back to Poland I really did not enjoy my time here because all, all I had uh, something I struggle more with, I think, than my sisters did with uh, growing up. I never was much of a language person. And in and, and the Polish language, we have something called declinations, which basically means that the word changes depending on the context it put in the sentence. Uh, and I always struggled with finding the right, you know, the right gender and, and the right declination to s- specify a specific word in a sentence. And... Um, yeah, I remember going there and like 
like you know my, my my new friends quote unquote you know making fun of the way i can't speak properly and also my accent was very not polish so i was actually my, my nickname when i came there was like the english guy which is so strange because i don't have an english accent and i and like and and, and like i lived in england for like a few years but like, but my my accent was so foreign to the, to like my polish colleagues that they just thought i was you know english now that's so interesting because i bet you must have had that from a like a different perspective like maybe i don't know if you've had that in the uk like if people have thought you're from somewhere else other than poland yeah i i even now i still get that a lot uh whenever i people always guess i'm from somewhere else so when when i come to poland there the when sometimes you know when people like slightly feel that there's something not quite right i think my accent improved a lot since i lived here like for for a quite considerable amount of time but it's still not quite there so people still think i'm i'm a foreigner and when i'm in england people think i'm from the states and when i or from canada and when i'm in the states people think i'm from england so um I, I don't know, no matter where I am, just people like, just don't want to like place me there. They, they, they always see me as somebody outside. So that's why that, 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 I think a dramatic effect on how I saw myself in terms of my identity. So I think people generally uh, would, would identify with the culture they're born into. Right. So most of my friends, they're okay. I'm Polish. You know, I speak Polish. It's fine. That's my culture. But for me, it's because nobody really ha- like came up to me and accepted me in terms of like say my physical attributes, in terms of how I pronounce stuff or how I speak. They, I, I, I couldn't quite latch onto any particular culture, so I, I kind of see myself very generically European. Mm-hmm. I think that's what defines me. Yeah, because I think I think I mentioned this in a, in a separate episode, um, but it's that sort of thing of like people trying to put you into a box because it's a box that they understand. So they, they sort of like, they're, they're making the box and they're deciding that you go in that one because it's, mm. it's what they understand and what they know instead of like, hang on, what? So let me connect the dots and try and make sense of this somehow. And um, which is very frustrating, particularly when you're, I don't know, you've got such a complex sort of uh, identity in terms of, yeah, everywhere you've lived. And yeah, and I, I kind of identify with that, I suppose, with them um, uh, not really feeling particularly, I mean, I was going to say not feeling particularly British, but then mm. I have this fucking accent and then that doesn't help my case at all. But um, yeah. it's interesting. I don't know if you do this as well. I sort of pick and choose from different parts of my life or like different cultures I've experienced. So like there are certain English things that I, I bloody love and I'm like, yes, I can get on board with this. Like, you know, digestive biscuits, chocolate digestive biscuits. Thank you to you. I will have those every day of the week. This is just a small example, but then other things happen and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not British. Like I, I won't accept that part. And then I'll, I'll refer to a different part or I'll latch onto, I don't know, Germany or something like that. I don't know if you pick and choose from your different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of see myself as a bit of a Swedish table where I just pick stuff that I just like want, want, want to have. Um, I mean, I think that's like a one perk of being seen as an international that you can like pick and choose like the best parts, let's say that you perceive from a specific culture. So, um, oh yeah, like I, I love Polish food, but yeah, like internally I'm very Western in my, in my like, let's say my views or something like that. So I, it's like a patchwork, you could say, of different cultures rather than one monolith, if you could, yeah. if you could define it that way. 
No, I like that, a patchwork. That's a nice way to describe it, actually. I might have to steal that, in fact. That's fine, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go ahead. So, so how do you feel, because do you live in Poland now, or...? So I, I actually lived the past four, four and a half years or so in, uh, in the UK, primarily in Edinburgh. Uh, I lived one year in Winchester for a, uh, my um, internship, but I, I went back to Edinburgh to finish my undergraduate. Uh, and now I actually am currently on doing my master's in Edinburgh, but I am physically in Poland because, because of the situation right now, everything is online. Everything, it's called hybrid learning, but in reality means everything is through Zoom or through uh, lectures that are recorded online. So for me, it made no sense to be, you know, stay in Edinburgh and I can't even meet anybody. So I'm just stuck in my own room. I'd rather, you know, go back home to mom's cooking and chill. (laughs) No, totally. That makes sense. Um, But does it feel weird to be back? Because how long have you been back home? Four months uh, so far. And is it weird? I mean, I mean, to be honest, like I've I've never had that kind of place I would feel more or less comfortable. I've, I've there's like one of those questions you sent me before. It's like, am I more restless or am I like, oh, do I want to stay in one particular place? And I think I am more inclined towards the restless part. I mean, I I've I've never because like for, for, since the day I was like let's say since since my adolescent days uh, we would change so much i just kind of got used to the fact that you know uh, we'd be in a new place and like a couple years down the line so for me i don't really have that anxiety of like oh like there's a new place different people different culture i've always felt like an outsider so if i feel like an outsider i actually feel comfortable (laughs) so that's my situation I mean, do you find yourself sort of finding any sort of permanence? Oh no, that's terribly unprofessional. My phone isn't even on silent. That's oh no! Fine. Uh, what actually, a disgrace! I'm going <laughs> to mute myself as well because I completely forgot. Right. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, what was I going to say? Ah, yes, right. So permanence. Yes. Do you find that alarming in some way? Are you always ready to like pack your bags and go? I, th- I think. I only find it slightly alarming because that's not what it's it's not what usually people feel like or not people are not really willing to like just grab their stuff and go to another place um I'm, I'm my, i have the situation right now with with my girlfriend who lives in the states and uh you know we've we've been we've been in with, with each other for a year right now but and she said like okay you know like i'm gonna stay here so like what do you want to do with this relationship i'm, I'm i said i'm gonna come to you i don't care like for for me, it's it's I I made that decision like half a second because for me it's it really doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, like you know, I care about you. I don't, if 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 you end up on Mars, I'll have to find a way to get there as well. So it's like for, <laughs> for me, it's like I'll adjust. It's mm. it's never been a it's never been an issue for me. I you know, of course, I'll miss my friends, my parents, and stuff like that. But like in terms of the physical place, I don't really feel any strong connection to anywhere. So. Mm. it's what i call um chameleon kid skills it's like from a young age you yeah. you sort of gain a set of skills that sounds a bit sort of liam neeson that i have a particular yeah. set of skills um <laughs> which allows me to travel the world and fit in wherever i can and but um i think that's true though a lot of people like uh, who are similar to us perhaps or even otherwise who have like their sense of home is very fluid um they have a uh, they do have those sets of skills where they will find a certain way to fit in or like there'll be a certain 
uh, pattern that they'll follow or routine they'll follow when they get to a new place. Like I'm going to check this out, this out, this out, got to sort this out. Or even, um, I don't know if you have this, but I definitely have certain things that I'd put around like my own space to make it feel like it's mine. Um, and whether that's like a small decoration or a photo or even like my duvet cover, like that's my particular set of things that um, make me feel like home. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't do that. My, my room right now, you might see like the pictures on the, uh, on the wall. That's not my room. This is like, I think this is Ola's or Marisha's old room. <laughs> My my walls are white. They're vanilla. Okay, I put nothing up. So, I I I really don't put much like um, I don't know how you would say. It. I I I don't I don't really. I'm not really that sentimental to like objects or things that much. Uh, I I I should. I I I sometimes like look at my empty wall and I think to myself, I kind of look like a serial killer here with like nothing up and nothing to like engage me in any sort of way. But I. I, I, I chalk it up to me maybe being less of a, let's say, creative mind or something like that. And more so I, I like to think, I don't know, I, I'm, in, I'm in computer science. I, I, I like mathematics. I like, I like, you know, reading stuff, thinking about concepts. I'm not necessarily like the visual, visual stuff never quite enticed me. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that would make sense. I mean, it's interesting. Maybe that's also a better way to be because you don't form this attachment to sort of material possessions. So it's easier for you to get up and go. Yeah. It's just, I have literally just my clothes and I'm good to go. So like, <laughs> yeah. And my phone and you're all good. done. <laughs> yeah. I'm packed. <laughs> so um, throughout your travels and stuff, and did you, uh, would you say you formed quite close relationships with your siblings? I th- I think it came as a necessity uh, due to not me not having uh, let's say very long long term relationships with anybody outside of my family uh, because of like me changing schools every every so often uh, I'll, I'll I'll get friends but by the time I will get let's say quote unquote close it's like we had to change countries again so I had to. I had that needed to be my foundation, like my relationship foundation of having my family, my sisters, and having somebody I could, you know, uh, be thick as thieves, so to uh, so to speak. Um, and I, I I sometimes wonder if I let's say because I I do uh, feel very close to my sisters, like every single one of them. It's, it's even interesting sometimes, like as time goes by like uh, depending on where i am in life i i feel closer to one sister to another and it kind of fluctuates but i always have a very strong um ah oh, there's a word in polish it's called więź connection i'll just say connection to uh, to all of them and i think and i and i sometimes wonder would i have that same connection if not for the kind of unique way i was brought up and that maybe it was more a result of my environment that you know i I had a need for a like form a relationship or connection so my my sisters were always there so by the by very nature i had to form it with them Mm. yeah i think that's yeah that's that's fair enough i mean i'd be the first to admit actually no izzy would be the first to admit we've not had an easy relationship particularly during our teenage years but um somehow we still no matter how much we fought or we fell out we'd always sort of come back because yeah like you say it's out of necessity because you you have to um but at the same time i I don't think i was a particularly easy teenager (laughs) at points but um i mean what were you like as a teenager i i i I still uh, i still remember oh 
Well, one thing that I very, very much remember was when I was young, you and Marisha like made it, I don't know how it came to be, but you, you sat down that me and Izzy were in a relationship. And I, I remember that's like one thing that kind of like, that was a little stress point on my younger life because I remember being so young. I didn't know what was happening, but you guys were like giggling and talking about like Izzy or something. I didn't know what's happening. I just said yes, because <laughs> I was so confused by the situation. But I, I, I didn't realize that saying yes was the wrong answer because you guys would laugh even more. So, oh no, oh God, I do apologize. Oh my God. No, no it's, it's fine. It's like when I, when I, look, when I think back uh, now, it's like, it's, it's really, really funny. But uh, I remember like, I, I was like so confused because I had no interest in like, n- not, not specifically Izzy, but like no girls <laughs> back in the day. Like I wasn't like, you know, developed at all, but back in the day. So like for me, it was like so like an alien concept. Like, what's happening? Why, why am oh I so God. into it? What's and then us giggling girls just like traumatize you <laughs> with, with putting this on you. Oh my God. I mean, it's interesting what you got, what you remember. I mean, I remember once, I mean, yeah, Marisha t- has told me other things as well about things she remembers and I just cringe. I'm like, oh God. Um, but I suppose that's the beauty of growing up and knowing each other for so long, you know, like over 20 years or however long it's been. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I suppose, yeah, I think, um, I wonder if also with all the traveling around and stuff, it makes you a bit more of a difficult teenager or maybe not difficult. I don't know, there's a sense of like, I don't know, is it maturity or is it like, I don't know, responsibility, do you think, when you're growing up in those sort of circumstances? Hmm. Or maybe I'm just talking out my ass. I'm not sure. No, no, (laughs) I... I, I think I've definitely struggled with my social life, uh, at least when I was younger, uh, growing up. Um, it, I, w- I would always like be re- be reminded of like the new kid syndrome, which is like I'll I'll, I'll come in, oh he's the new kid, and uh, by the time people like got used to me or I form relationships, then you know I had to go again. So I. There was always like a strong feeling, I would say, of alienation and and not really having that sh- strong bonds uh, growing up. And it actually did get worse and worse as uh, as I was uh, growing up. Um, I, I would say that I only really started forming like proper relationship with other people outside my family when I started going uh, into university. Um, because then I, I I could find other people that I could identify w- with, you know, other people of international backgrounds. Uh, m- maybe at that same time, I've matured a bit, so I I I, I developed also my my social ability, my social communication. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I I do remember it being um, my social life was not <laughs> all that fun. So I, to the to to the extent that I would always anticipate the next time we would leave because I, I wasn't quite comfortable in the situation I was. I wasn't qu- quite making those, let's say, those meaningful relationships at school, mm. uh, which kind of go- goes back into that part of where I had to form relationships with my sisters uh, in order to compensate. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult time. I mean, um, there's lots that you have to sort of process. And I think you're right. The older you get, the more you sort of understand maybe what's going on and it becomes less positive let's say um and uh, for all sorts of reasons though i think that differs between like from family to family and person to person um but 
so would you say like yeah how do you feel actually being in your sort of your passport country again well i remember i don't remember much when i was like 12 or 13 but i remember like one thought that was very prominent in my head which is Oh, I'm so excited to be back in, uh, to go to go to Poland to go to school because like I've always been the outsider wherever I've been. Um, I've always been the international person, and now I'm going back, you know, to my people, you know, quote unquote. But like, funny enough, that turned out to be the most <laughs> awful experience for, for me in terms from a social perspective. Uh, it was it, not not just like from the perspective of making friends. It was just such a huge like cultural difference and an attitude um growing, like a very simple example growing up in um, international schools there is the message of tolerance of diversity then you know i i went to poland to a lily white school uh with you know where where c- casual xenophobia is like accepted and uh, uh, pe- pe- people are much more crude in, ter- in, in their attitude and i think the worst part about it was at least when I was, you know, gr- growing up in an international system, I had the English language to use. I could defend myself. And because other students attacked me for how I spoke in Polish, I really did not have a, let's say, a mechanism in, t- in which I could defend myself. Because the moment I would speak up and like try to defend myself, that me, that very act of speaking up would be another point to, you know, let's say bully or to criticize or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was an intense. It was very intense coming back, and it required a lot of adjusting. Mm. Yeah, I bet that's. I mean, yeah, kids can be fucking awful, can't they? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think this was those were the seeds planted when I started to get worse and worse mentally. I actually like started suffering from depression when I was. Uh, 19 years old and I, I think it can all kind of go back to that kind of point in time where I essentially couldn't really defend myself or I couldn't really speak up or say anything and it just kind of it it, it was exacerbated from that point and it got worse and worse in, in, in high school uh, so and then yeah, but I, I took a year off went to therapy went to college and, and like day and night difference between you know what was back then and uh what i have right now well that's brilliant i mean you know the upward trajectory of that i mean it's funny isn't it when you get to those places as well you're like there's no way this is going to end like this is just because it feels so all-encompassing and then all of a sudden like it can take something as small as like just that little change or even if it's, it's a big change like um but i'm so happy to hear that you you know you got out of that horrible, horrible school, as it sounds like. Um, but I mean, how do you how do you feel like visiting or like living there again now? Um, have you your attitude sort of changed? Uh, I've I've made new friends. I've made new connections. So I think I, I used to have a very I would say negative uh, perception of Warsaw and of Poland and of Polish culture. Um, not 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 because I like uh, like have any particular let's say point or let's say like aspect of it that i disagree with but more so that like i feel of alienation and that i just couldn't quite grasp it and understand it and i couldn't quite fit in and mm. i think that just lit, 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 lit the bedrock for me just kind of slowly despising it 
but like as as I matured and I got older, I could um, uh, put put things into perspective, rationalize a bit more, kind of distance myself emotionally, uh, try to find the positive aspects of it, and uh, you know, not not because I'm like trying to be an objective person, but just for my sake, so I can start feeling better because. It's it's very easy to kind of fall into this kind of spiral of um, self defeat and uh, and loathing. Mm. Yeah, no, it's difficult as well. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, I've been there myself. And when you start spiraling, it's almost like you know, at any point you could actually you could stop that. You could literally just you know go step away. But it becomes so um, it just draws you in. And yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a weird old weird old thing um but it's something you just need to practice it's like it's like it, it really is like a daily practice and um it yeah. helps to sort of try and distance yourself somehow i mean for me i find um um god now this is turning into my therapy session <laughs> no that's fine okay let's reverse <laughs> let's reverse roles i'm here for you <laughs> i really appreciate that michael um yeah, I, I, I keep a journal. And for me, that's really helpful because then I can sort of process my thoughts in a different way or I can sort of organize my thoughts as well. So it's like separate for me. And then once I'm done, I just close the book, put it away and I'm like, Phew, okay, that's out. And also for me, it's better than typing because, you know, I do a bit of writing anyway, uh, like creative writing. And that's e- like, that's easier for me, like just the typing away, but I have less time to think about it. Whereas if I want to think about how I'm feeling, writing helps a lot more because I really have to pay attention because otherwise I make loads of mistakes and really think about the words I'm choosing to put on the page. Um, but that's definitely something that's helped me throughout the years as well. And it's, um, but yeah, it's an odd thing. I mean, I wonder if, um, so now when you think of like, is there anywhere in particular that you, do you feel comfortable in the UK, for example, at the moment as well, or like Scotland, like, is there anywhere outside of Poland that you feel, you know, I suppose a different sort of attachment to or comfort with. I think because I've lived so long in Edinburgh, I've 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 grown attached to it. I've uh, I think mainly because I I, I developed my strongest like friendships there. Um, I, I met I met so many nice people, so many good people uh, back in Edinburgh. I st- they they still live there, and I uh, and I'm still in touch with them. So uh, I, Edinburgh is a beautiful city, but I think. Uh, just because of the positive memories I've formed in Edinburgh, uh, I, I just associate that with uh, the city itself, uh, the friendships I've, I've uh, managed to develop. And uh, I think it's, it's more of a kind of like an emotional connection right now. I, I like that place a lot because uh, of, 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 the, of the things that are in it, not necessarily of, the phys- of its physical attributes. Mm. So I, th- I think it's at the end of the day, it's just the friendships, that, the, those connections you form that c- c- kind of make you really attached to a specific place. And um, since, you know, I, I, I feel that I, I can now at my, at my stage in life, I can probably form those connections anywhere. So that's why I'm not really that afraid to go somewhere new and meet some new people. I actually find that exciting uh, to like, okay, maybe I can go there, meet somebody new. Uh, develop, experience something completely on a different level. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so interesting. I think uh, this is something else I've said on the podcast before, but I find the less and less I move, the more afraid I am to do it. Like the less, like even flat to flat, like when I was doing that, that was fine. Like I was so happy to pick up my stuff and put it all in the boxes and, 
go to the new place. But like the less, the less I do it, the more I'm like, do I want to go through all that again? Do I want to have to make those connections again? But I suppose it's just practice, isn't it? But I suppose right now with the pandemic, it's making the practice a little harder. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a thing I've personally done with London. I've romanticised it completely with all of my university experiences and all the friends I had there and all the memories and things. Um, but then I just have to remind myself sometimes, like, but at times it was hard to pay the rent and <laughs> you were working a few jobs at one point, one too many perhaps. Um, but it's a beautiful city, of course, a beautiful place to be. And, um, and uh, yeah, I imagine it's a nice place to visit right now because it's completely empty. There's no one on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear anyway. So I hear. Um, but how are you doing like with, um, you know, COVID and everything? Like, are you feeling a bit restricted with, um, with what's going on? I, I think I think everyone at this point it's been like what, I think nine months at this point. I, 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 COVID has become like a fact of life, so it's it's. Uh, I, I've 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 adjusted to it. For me, the toughest part about 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 it is that I've the last time I've seen my girlfriend was back in January of uh, last year. So we're coming up to our one-year anniversary of not seeing each other. Um, I, th- I think that's that's like the toughest th- toughest part about this because uh, it, it's not only learning to you know like wear a mask everywhere and not not meet out meet people. It's also tr- trying to learn how to manage a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least I don't know how it is for every relationship, but intimacy and uh, having that person next to you is a very important part, at least for me and my relationship. Uh, so adjust adjusting to that, I think, was the hardest part with the COVID nineteen situation. And and for me right now, it's like the moments the the borders open up, like I'm I'm getting the first ticket just just to get there. You know, I don't care if I have an exam, upcoming exam in like two or three days. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's the, I think just extrapolating that I think uh, to a more broader picture. I think just general, like the, not not necessarily me not going out to the shop or me going to the cinema is a problem, but me like the kind of drought of human connection. I think has been like the biggest um, biggest problem I had to adjust mm. to. Yeah, I mean, because. Um if it was in January, what, so did, did the whole COVID stuff happen? And then she, she hopped on a plane straight to go to her family. Was that what happened or was it? So, 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 so it, this was back in January. So I, I, from what I remember, COVID, COVID, I, don't, I don't think COVID was big news still, still then. I know that COVID started back in the end of 2019, but I'm not sure if like, it Oh hit the God, news of course. Yes. Yeah, sorry. It feels like it's been forever. That's why I'm yeah. saying that. No, I think it because yeah, it was definitely February. It picked up. Forgive me, but um, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's it was the tenth of the uh, or the, I think the tenth or eleventh of uh, January. I took a plane. I flew back to Europe, and I had uh, tickets for May to to see her. And then I was in the UK. March hit, and then <laughs> borders closed. Uh, that's it. And I'm and I, I remember t- telling her, it's like, okay, look, this is, uh, like governments will get their stuff together. It won't spread that far. Like, I'm sure I'll still be able to get on the plane. <laughs> Famous last words. And it's, um, 
yeah i've been eyeing i've been checking every so often seeing if like i could if like the border situation might change or something but yeah it is what it is it is what it is yeah i mean it's just crazy at the moment to be honest and i really i think yeah i've really taken for granted how easy it was to travel places if you needed to and and also um for years i was putting off trying to even apply for german citizenship and and because for me to do it, it's harder than it is for um teresa and teresa's like she's done all the paperwork it's all done and but it's going to take another two years at least for it all to come through and I've, I've definitely taken that for granted and just thinking, oh, well, at some point, you know, I'll just move to Germany. I'll live there for a few years and that'll be that. And now I can't even do that. And, um, and, and not so it's like one thing on top of another. It's like, not only do I not have the passport and citizenship, but I couldn't go anywhere now. And for this reason and that reason, and it's, um, it's quite frustrating. And of course, it's one of those typical things of like, you don't know how good something is until it's gone. And it's like, hmm. Mm. I'm really, really swallowing that, 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 that bitter pill right now. I'm really swallowing yeah. it hard. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, so when, um, when someone asks you, like, uh, where are you really from? Do you get that a lot? Um, and what's your response to that? I, I don't think I, I uh, get, get the question of where, where are you really from? But I do get the question of uh, where are you from? Because I think people usually ask where are you really from when there is some sort of like, let's say, internal dissociation for their bias. Let's say you look, you, you, look, you, you, sp- you speak with a British accent, but you look um, like you're not from Europe, right? Uh, so uh, thankfully, I, I mean, thankfully not thankfully i don't get that i don't get those questions at all but people do ask me like oh where are you from your accent is very interesting and then when i i at that point i always ask people to guess because i I, people really get creative and i think i've uh i'm everywhere from south africa to to uh, to like to norwegian or swedish or uh canadian um and um, I'm always like really um, surprised by some of the choices, but then usually they get to like Polish. And then when they say, oh, you're from Poland, you don't sound Polish. You don't speak Polish. Like what was happening? I'm like, I am Polish. I can show you my passport. Wait, no, I can't. I left it at home, but like, believe me, I'm Polish. <laughs> but also like, why would you be speaking to them in Polish? Like, that's so funny. They're like, you know, you're not speaking Polish to us. It's like, well, obviously not. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, but have you ever had that moment where you, have you ever decided like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll be South African tonight. Have you ever just not told them? I, I, I want to try, but I always, I'm always scared that like maybe the person is like, maybe they know South African and they'll ask me something. Uh, and, I, and I'll just look, just sit there looking like a, I don't know, um, like an idiot. So like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to push my luck too much. I, I, I think the oh like oh surprise I'm actually Polish part is usually entertaining enough enough of an icebreaker to go on but you know maybe I'll I'll, I'll get bored and maybe I'll be German. <laughs> so maybe I could convince a few people. Yeah, you could, I think definitely you can get away with that one. I mean, maybe you're just a smart person as well. I'm definitely not not very smart. <laughs> I, I, I've definitely taken advantage of that before. <laughs> just gone. Yeah, I get it with my last name. They're like, oh, where is that from? And I'm like. I'll let you like I'll let you take the reins on this one, and then I'll be, be like, yes, of course, I'm South American, or I'm from here, or from there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 
definitely not so smart on my part. Um, and um, hmm, I was here's an interesting question for you. Um, because of your upbringing and stuff and, and like how you feel about certain places and in a way we're, we're very fortunate people that we've been able to have these lives and, and um, travel and meet a lot of people and have all these different experiences. Um, do you often have this feeling of like, um, I don't know, it's a bit deep. Do you ever feel like of not, deser not deserving the sort of experiences you've had? Like why, why you? Does that make sense? I, I've, I, I think I, I think I understand. <laughs> I, um, I, I never looked uh, looked at it from the perspective of oh, do I deserve this or not? I maybe it's it's the way I kind of look at li life in general. But I, I I feel like everything in life is a bit of a roll of a dice. So, in its own way, you know, like I. I I got I got this experience uh, the experience I do have because of you know s s certain contributing factors that like are out of my hands. So I I do feel privileged from the perspective that I've been born into let's say a, a family that can take care of its uh, children, can feed them, can put them through education, um manage to see uh, a, a good chunk of Europe uh, growing up and also travel to different places. So I definitely feel very uh, grateful for that experience because there's uh, loads and loads of people who would like in the world right now who cannot even like afford the basic necessities. Um, so I, I think I sometimes like to maybe be a bit egotistical and think of myself like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit unique because not many people just uh, like me, like managed to have this experience of living in different places uh, growing up. But for, for me, any sort of experience is a bit of a double-edged sword. So, you know, I've, I managed to meet different people. I, I, I opened my mind a lot, but on, on the other side, you know, I, I didn't manage to form those great connections growing up and uh, I struggled with forming an identity. And m maybe, you know, if I was born and raised in Poland, I maybe wouldn't have struggled with certain things as much as I do right now. So it, it, in life, I think in general, wh wh whoever you talk to, um, they have their own unique problems and experiences. And... Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I consider myself more lucky or not or not as lucky. I think I've I'm a product of my environment, and me being put in this situation comes with its benefits and its uh, detriments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose, I suppose, yeah. Sometimes my brain just gets a bit melancholy, and maybe I feel a bit too sorry for myself at points. But yeah, I get, I catch myself thinking sometimes like huh like this is such an extraordinary sort of thing and um, i mean but the more i do this of course the more i realize it's not so extraordinary lots of other people have <laughs> experienced this but um you find yourselves in these in these situations i don't know i've sometimes had to defend my upbringing or um or sort of tr in, in trying to explain it to people um but yeah i, I don't know it's an it, i think yeah it's an interesting part i think of being a a TCK or just, you know, an international person generally. Um, and, 
and trying to find your identity in the process. It's all very, it's, it's, it's quite a complex experience, I think. Um, and, uh, so over the years, um, have you sort of, are you comfortable with your identity or your sort of, um, yeah, your identity and how you describe yourself now, or are you still sort of figuring out? I'm still figuring out. I never really give it give it much thought because identity is, is is not something you can just. I feel personally that I can just write down. You know, these are the things that describe me. Right? It's it's it's. I think identity is is, is a kind of almost an unspoken sort of truth or an unspoken fact of life like that's very hard to describe but you can associate with it emotionally right for example if 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 you speak to somebody who has a similar let's say upbringing to you there is a certain comfort that comes with being with them and knowing that you've got you've shared the same relationship but you cannot like discreetly like pinpoint the exact like parts that you know like that you share an identity with with yourself and that other person right so i but to be maybe maybe a bit more concrete i've oh i think i've considered myself a more of a european person even though people generally don't want to consider themselves european um do you think I think when you put, ask somebody, the, the first thing, the first thought is not like, oh, I'm, from, I'm, I'm a European because I'm from Europe. They usually say like, oh, I'm from this country. I'm from country A, B, C or, or, or whatever. And in my case, as I described before, like, because people always put me in that other box whenever they're asking, oh, wh- wh- where you're from? Uh, you don't sound like you're from here. I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I've lived in Europe. That's where I grab my patchwork from. That's where I assemble myself and my identity. I'm just going to consider myself European. And I think that also comes with its own sort of um, uh, aspects of it. Um, I, because I was kind of part of this European project and I took my family took advantage of moving around in different places. I think because of that upbringing, I look very favorably onto the European union as it's uh, on its own. So even though I am not a fan of, let's say the, the government of my, in my own country, I, I like the European union as an institution. And I find that people generally, I speak to people who are brought up in specific country. They're like, uh, they are not as big fans of the European institution as a whole. They find it bureaucratic. They are not big fans, but for me, I can't really, I I, probably if somebody debated me on it, I don't think I could win that debate, but you know what? Like, I, I like him. <laughs> I mean, it worked out well for you. It definitely. Yeah, did. it did. It did. It's, 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 I, I'm completely biased in this situation and I, and I'm not sure I could, I could defend my position well at all, but you know, like I, it produced me. So it must have done something. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you're amazing and you're doing so well right now. So, you exactly. know, it's, it's all working out. I mean, yeah, I suppose, I, I suppose the only time I, I call myself European or something, or I, I'd identify like that is, Possibly if I was in a different place, like maybe not in, hmm, maybe not here, but like if I was, I don't know, in the States or something, I'd probably say like, oh, well, you know, I've got a European background or something. Actually, no, I tell it like, I've said that here before as well. I say I have a mixed European background, which is true. Right. Um, but but um, yes, as I said before, with the accent, it makes, pe- makes it very hard to convince people sometimes. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I suppose, um, yeah. I mean, it's no secret on this podcast that um, I'm also a fan of the European Union, not for everything it stands for, but I do think that if you want things to change within the organisation, it always helps to be a part of it and not not a part of it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, I guess on that, I wondered if there's um, anything you'd like to plug or promote today at all. Oh, I... Th- I would like to plug the European Union and how it's great to have a membership. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I, there's it's like no, no particular per, uh, person right now. I, I I I did go occasionally back in the day to your sister's yoga sessions, and they were very very good. So I would like to plug your uh, sister Teresa uh, and. Um, I, I don't have a website or a Twitter link or anything, but maybe if you Google. <laughs> Hello there, listeners. Future Sophia here, interrupting past Michal. Sorry, dude. To let you know just how to learn more about Teresa's yoga lessons. It's simple. Follow Teresa Yoga Coaching on Instagram for links to her website and for more information about classes. All right now, back to you, Michal. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that's the second plug that she's got on this podcast. And it's from another Lange. This is brilliant. This is so brilliant. Yeah. Um, she'll be thrilled with that. Um, and um, is there anything you wanted to say today that you didn't get to say? Um, well, thank you for having me on. I oh. really enjoyed this talk. And uh, Well, you're uh, very welcome. I want to see how, you know... Um, I can't wait for the next episode with my sisters to come out and see how they fare. I was very positive of them, so I'm wondering if they were like shit talking with me on the other episodes. Or... Well, I didn't want to say anything, Michal, but um, okay. it's gonna... that's what I expected. <laughs> was I trying to play therapist? Hmm, maybe. Do I need to go see one? Do I need professional help? Almost definitely. But hey, this is cheaper. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Only one more instalment left of the Lunger Chronicles to go. That has flown by. And if you want to make sure you don't miss it with Hanya Lange and um, you want to check out the rest of them, why don't you check them out on Acast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Ayo! We're on Spotify. Yes, we are. Moving up in the world, we are. Uh, Please like, rate, review, comment and subscribe while you're there. Uh, Like all the things. um, Go follow us on uh, Instagram at Floaters Podcast. We also have an email address, which is floaterspod at gmail.com. I mean, I do wonder why sometimes why I didn't become a professional musician. But hey, hey, I mean, I don't have all the answers. And um, there's nothing left to say other than thank you to Adora for your help for graphics. Thank you to Aral for your sound help. Please check out his website in the show notes. And thank you to you, dear listener. Golly, golly, if you've listened from the beginning, you are an absolute marvel. If you've just joined us today, I hope you stick around. Let's get to know each other a little bit better. (laughs) I promise I won't creep on you like that ever again. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye.